Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Sunday, September 4th. We are coming to you from the Hilton Garden Inn in Everett, otherwise known as Seattle North. It is in no way in Seattle. It's quite a bit north of Seattle, but... Uh, Nor in Everett. Uh, yeah, not technically. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, you put the name of the nearby city in your hotel and you show up in search results and you probably get more guests. Uh, but hopefully they don't get too confused because this is nowhere near Seattle if you are not on a road trip. If you've got your own car, it's a great place to stay. We've got a video up on our YouTube channel. You can check out a tour of the room and the pool. We're just going to jump right into it. Our first topic is kind of interesting. This has been discussed uh, a bit in cruising Facebook groups and we'll have a link in the description to our group if you want to go join the discussion. So uh, basically what's happened is Carnival Cruise Lines has instituted a youth curfew and a lot of people have been asking for our opinions about it and I wanted to have our uh, guest uh, Julian who is a youth. Uh, I, I'm curious about the youth opinion of this since they're the ones most affected. I think a lot of adults, parents and parentless adults have expressed their opinion but I don't think we've really heard from an actual youth yet. So first just a quick review of this new policy from Carnival Cruise Line. They call the youth curfew. I'll just read it out quickly from their website. Guests 17 years of age and under who are not a Accompanied by an adult in their traveling party, 21 years of age or older, must be clear of all public areas by 1 a.m. each evening unless involved in Club O2 or Circle C teen activity. What does this mean? Well, this means anyone up to age 17, you have to be in your room after 1 a.m. every night on the cruise. And one thing that's interesting about this is they're not clear on what the penalty for not adhering to this is. Uh, and I think that's probably maybe good because it leaves a lot of options open yeah. to them. It leaves the door open. Uh, people in Facebook groups and online have been speculating that the family gets kicked off at the next port. Yeah. Um, I don't see that here. Does Carnival have the right to do that? They do. Will they do that? Unclear. Um, and if you have unintentionally or otherwise violated this policy, let us know. Uh, send us an email or comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, let us know uh, if you've actually experienced this. But um, before going any further, I just wanted to get uh, the opinion of a teenager. What do you think about having to be back in your cabin by 1 a.m. every day of the cruise? I mean, me personally, it probably won't affect me because usually I am actually in my cabin uh, sometimes uh, a couple hours before that time. This is true. And because... Because while I do tend to stay up a bit, sometimes uh, not uh, not what I, in the long run, think is a good idea to stay up uh, past one. Uh, but usually when I do stay up past one, I'm usually not, like, outside. I'm usually uh, in, uh, in my room, or in this case, the cabin, by that time. Uh, because, because while... Uh, while I am still awake, I'm maybe not exactly as conscious or aware as I would be around the times of you know, the morning or the evening. I doubt this will affect me, but I guess it'll affect some of the night owls that uh, tend, to, tend to like to wander around uh, the cruise ship at late hours. Because I, I do enjoy being on, on the ship at night. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. You get the sounds of the waves and the oceans and maybe a couple birds passing by. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and you can, if you're uh, lower, you might be able to smell the ocean as well. Mm -hmm. um, especially, if, especially if you're on a cabin on the lower decks. 
Uh, well, I mean, yeah, if you have a, a cove balcony, then you can do that and still be in your stateroom. I think your balcony is still allowed. Um, and there's few ships where there's lower decks close to the water that you can be out on. But like a dream class, there's deck five, which is somewhat close. Works, yeah. um, that's that, that does come to mind. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're still able to do all that stuff if you wanted to past 1 a.m. You just have to be with uh, someone over the with age of 21. Adult, basically, yeah. Um, yeah. But or, so what do you think? Okay, so you're saying that the, the policy doesn't affect you Personally. Directly. But what do you think about the the existence of the policy at all? I think that it seems like a pretty uh, light uh, offense, I guess, to kick someone off at the next excursion. Which that, we don't know if they would even do. Yeah. Which I, I doubt they're going to do because it's... I mean, if, if, you're, uh, if you're punishing the entire party for the... For the light actions of one, especially even if it's like only one t- time, uh, so I I don't think they're gonna kick them all off. No, not unless the whole party has been like doing other things, things. You would think, and it's kind of like this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I, like, that's it, you're out of here. But uh, again, we don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think unless you're doing other things. As like while you're breaking curfew, then I could possibly see that. Like if you're maybe uh, being being a being a bit disruptive, like being too loud mm-hmm. uh, or um, doing things that might uh, impact the staff. Yeah, I could see that. But does it say like specifically outside, or can you still be like inside? Like or, like inside, you're just not supposed to be outside of your cabin. Uh, after 1 a.m. unless you're unless you're either in an O2 activity or um, you're with someone over the age of 21 that's in your party. Yeah, so just, again, that wording is must be clear of all public areas oh by 1 a.m. unless Club O2 or Circle C teen activity. Yeah. So all public areas. So that would like include hallways. That would include uh, the ice cream machine. That would include Lido. If mm-hmm. there was, you know, a late buffet, which after 1 there isn't. Probably um, isn't. Yeah, and, not anymore. Uh, yeah, well, even before. Uh, so it's really that sort of a thing. And so I guess, I guess the question I'm asking to make it a little bit more pointed is, do you think it's fair to not allow, uh, people 17 years or, uh, of age or younger, out of, not out of their cabins after 1 a.m.? Do you think that's fair? I was a little surprised uh, when I heard I was uh, 17 and under. I would have assumed it would have been a bit shorter of 17. Like, I could see, like, uh, like 15 or 16. 17 came as a bit of a surprise. Uh, if it was eighteen, I think I'd be like, "That's okay." That just feels a bit too much. I'm, I wonder if that will make much of an impact because I, I haven't heard of basically that being a problem of uh, youth being up past a certain point. And I, I think I'm kind of curious about it. is like, is this trying to prevent uh, youth from being a disruptive influence? Because I would also imagine that uh, that uh, a, that theoretically an adult would have more capability of being a disruptive influence because they would because <laughs> they have more resources <laughs> they have more resources also they might have a bit more information so yeah. they could also they know more they can be louder possibly <laughs> yeah they, 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 they might, might have the knowledge alcohol. Of, <laughs> they, they they would I don't know maybe if if how they were being a disruptive influence might involve getting political they might understand mm. politics a bit more interesting point mm. so or. If, or just general kind of uh, things that can get conversations heated. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I would imagine that uh, they would have more capacity. But but I, I can understand if this was if it was you know, more for 
the younger youths because they, they they can be loud and hard to control. But I feel like after a certain age, I'm not sure specifically, but I think like around twelve to thirteen. A, you start to stop doing that and also kind of look back and be like, eh, that wasn't, that was kind of annoying <laughs> to do, so. And... <laughs> a little regret, a little shame. Yeah. Although really, I mean, it's a, it's a lesson, so it served its purpose. Yeah, and it's a sign that you're maturing. If yeah, you're I think so. back and you're like, that was a stupid thing for me to do. I guess that's an interesting point. Like, if you, if you don't regret something you've done in the past, have you really grown? Yeah, exactly. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. But. I will say this, like, I am a little surprised by the, I, I feel like the policy was instituted or re brought back. It's unclear if this policy has kind of always been there and now they're like, no, no, for real. Like, we're actually enforcing it now. Yeah, it's the first we've it's ever some, heard of it. We've been cruising since 2013. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's also just never really been an issue, but they like made a point of announcing it. But a lot of people are like, no, this has always been there. But what I'm saying is like, I am surprised. I, I feel like they're a kind of assuaging a lot of really upset people. Uh, customers because I am seeing a lot of posts where they're like oh kids are running amok and blah 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 um, I've I mean granted I've only cruised what six or seven times I've never really encountered it to be that big of a problem certainly not at night during the day yeah I see groups of like 10 or 12 kids and they'll probably be in the age of 10 or 12 and those will be the ones that I kind of just I, I kind of identify them and I'm like okay those are the kids I'm just going to avoid basically um, I don't yeah I don't really hear anything at, like I certainly have never encountered the whole you know knocking on the doors and the cabins uh, you know three in the morning that people are claiming now the videos of the break of all, all the viral videos of things that go sideways and like the fights that happen never involve teenagers they children always, at all, or children at all. They it's all been adults. always involve adults. Yeah. I've never once seen a viral cruise fight video. Or any cruise fight video. Uh, or any cruise fight video that involved youth. Admittedly, um, we don't go looking for them, but they show up in granted, a Facebook group from time it, to time. People share them. Yeah. And, and it's fair. It's and fair so game. I feel like this was a reactionary thing to quiet down some cli- some customers that have been really, really loud about it. Um, and they probably have no real intention of actually enforcing it unless their hands have been tied, unless they've kind Forced. of been backed into a corner where they're like, yeah. okay, we have to enforce this, this, uh, policy. Just like with the dress code policy in, uh, you know, for formal night. Yes, there is guidelines. Yes, they would like it if you wore this, that, and the other thing. And so people believe that those are the rules, that that's a policy, but it's not something that they're going to put a lot of effort into, especially these days with actually enforcing it unless again they're back into a corner and it's like no i mean you're coming in wearing a thong we're not letting you <laughs> which which they actually have <laughs> yeah i mean i think comparing it to the dress code policy is a little trickier because the dress code policy is much more um there's a lot of different interpretations and i've even found even pre-covid and everything uh different ships and restaurants at different times enforce it to different degrees yeah and so um i think there'd be a, a lot of speculation as to what that actually is about yeah um even more so than this probably what i'm saying is is they're they're in they're a willingness to enforce the, you know, quote unquote policy for dress code is probably going to be right up there with their willingness to enforce this uh, youth policy. Um, I mean, it'll obviously be um, because it's a little bit more black and white, like, no, like if you're under this age, this is, you're just not allowed to be outside, but you're right. It doesn't say what the consequence is. Like, are you going to get sent to the brig? Are you just going to get dragged by your ear back to your cabin? Are you going to get a, you know, a finger wag? Like what's going to happen? It's unclear. And maybe they're intentionally, like you said, 
making that part like we're not going to discuss you know what the ramifications will be because it will be a case-by-case basis right like okay yeah you are the kid that's slamming you know knocking on all the doors and so yeah we're gonna you know drag you back to your cabin and have you stay in your cabin for the next two days or something or for the remainder of the cruise or you know whatever right so be yeah um but i mean like julian said it's it's not going to impact us so for us it's kind of a non-issue yeah, although we do have friends and family who have younger children who mm-hmm. hopefully will join us on cruises in the future. Fingers uh, crossed. So, you know, it might hit us somewhat, uh, you know, one degree separation or more perhaps, away. Yeah, perhaps. Um, and so here are my thoughts on it, because I, I, I have a bit to say. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Um, so, yeah, first off, I already pointed out uh, the, 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 I think, the fundamental flaw of that it does not articulate uh, the punishment. Although, is that a flaw? I think that that leaves the, the door open to them to handle it in the way that situationally is appropriate. I agree. And I'm also thinking that sometimes if the punishment is a little too clear, then now you're looking at a menu or a price list. Yeah. If your cabin was fined, say, $50, if your child was running around at 2 in the morning, well, then for $50, you have the right to let your child run around at 2 in the morning. Would be one way of looking at it. Would be worth it, it. Yeah. If it's a very clear, if this happens, this is the exact consequence. And so someone might look at that as an additional fee or a tax or this is the cost of not caring where my kid is or, or whatever yeah, it might be. Yeah, cost-benefit analysis. Is this worth it for me? Yeah. Yeah, so the ambiguity and leaving it up to potentially being kicked off the ship I think that is actually possibly a very shrewd move by Carnival in this situation mm-hmm. uh, some other thoughts I had on this one I think that this is possibly in response to a lot of uh, a lot of complaints that I don't know how much has made it to corporate in what way did it come up in surveys email complaints guest service complaints or just things going to John Heald uh, and you mentioned that it was sort of an announcement but I think it was an announcement in the fact that John Heald posted about it yeah John Heald posts about a lot of things. Uh, not everyone is like a corporate level announcement. It is to make people aware. Uh, sometimes that's how you find out about the new COVID restrictions. That's true. And sometimes it's just a, here's a funny complaint that I got from someone who makes no sense. Yeah. So um, that's the spectrum of the venue in which it was announced. Uh, so how serious it is, how much weight is behind it, I don't know. Um, and so... I'm, I, I want to point out one more flaw before I actually talk about how I think this is useful. And here's the other flaw. And I, and, and I don't think either of you caught this. Probably not. All right. When does the curfew end? It starts at 1 a.m. Oh. When does it end? Oh. Are you out of jail at 5 or at 7 or at 10? When, oh. when, when does it end? It doesn't say. It might be dependent on when other... Because I do think there are some services, like I think certain yeah. foods at Lido. And yeah, it might, be, say, it might be different on every show. So, I would assume when Lido opens. Wouldn't it... Almost make more sense if they somehow were able to instead make it a uh, punishment for uh, violating curfew. Uh, if it made more sense to almost make an incentive to not violate the curfew, would that be more effective? Like maybe like carrot instead of a stick. It's an interesting idea, but then they'd have to. What's the benefit? What's the perk? What do you get? Well, and was, that's going to cost them. I was almost <laughs> thinking like, and how would they monitor that? That'd be tricky. What if it's certain things like if like. With, like, the TV, like, what if, like, they're playing certain things that would get more interest around those times? That's an interesting idea. My counter-argument to that would be it would encourage children to want to stay up late, and parents might not appreciate that because they'd have yeah. a push-pull. Well, well, but that's an interesting, well, it is an interesting idea because it would be virtually no cost. Well also, well, also, what if it was, like, more so, like, one of those things that's, like, uh, where it's, like, not necessarily appealing to kids, but more so, like, appealing to, uh... Maybe uh, for, older, older, or like of just a variety of age groups. Like it's mm-hmm. one of the things where it's like a, like a, like everyone a, likes a Marvel movie. <laughs> or it's like you don't like any age can kind of uh, appreciate it. Where it's like 
where it maybe it's more angled to the younger generations of, uh, of kids, but also like some of the old, old, <laughs> the older folk uh, can also like yeah. get some of like the more, uh, the more like dirty jokes and maybe the more uh, interesting storylines that are connecting something like that. Yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. I mean, and I mean, thinking about that, I mean, I already raised the concern that parents might have, but like even absent that, what if they made pay per view movies free from one till five? So there's no programming on the ship that you can go to. The comedy club's not open. The nightclub's probably closed by then. All that sort of yeah. stuff. So maybe if pay-per-view is available then as an entertainment option, uh, it could potentially cost them nothing. If people were night owls or wanted to stay up to watch the free pay-per-view or something, that would be okay. Mm. Uh, and and um, a topic that we're probably going to cover in the not-too-distant future. I don't think we'll cover it today. Mm. Um, but uh, I want to get this out there because I want people to send in their thoughts. And that is that a new job posting has appeared on the Carnival Jobs website for a new person to manage and revamp the VIFP program. And so it clearly, assuming they're able to fill the position, and this is indicative of a direction that Carnival wants to go in, it looks like the VIFP program could be undergoing some changes in the next few, I'm guessing, years. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, what kind of perks would you like to see? What new things would you like to see? What things do you not care about that you don't care if they're gone? And so if you have any thoughts on that, please reach out to us through you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, send us an email, whatever. Uh, we'd be very curious as to what kind of thoughts you guys have out there. Um, getting back to the subject at hand, though, I think that those are some interesting ideas about incentivizing them to be in their cabins. I think that's a good idea. Um, and so here's, here's my uh, sort of thought about how it is likely to be used. I think that what it really is, I don't think it's about online complainers. I don't think it's about huge complaints. I, and, and I don't even think this is a policy that they want to strictly adhere to. I, this is what I think is going on. Maybe a little conspiracy theory. What I think is if there are children running around and misbehaving and keeping other guests up, say beyond 1 a.m., I think it's a reasonable time, uh, what policy can Carnival point to to say control your children? What can they do to take the children to the cabin and say, you're not supposed to be here? I think without the curfew, there's there's nothing written that they can point to if that's challenged by either the parent or the child. And so I think that that's what this is, is it's sort of a thing where they now have, if they get pushback, yeah. they can say, well, you're actually violating the curfew. And I think that they would use that to address other concerns as well yeah. again this is my speculation so don't bank on it don't behave based on my theory but if you're if you're running around knocking on doors if you're screaming and singing dancing through the halls or something when people are trying to sleep at two in the morning uh then they could basically kind of grab you and say you're in violation of curfew and then the degree of what behavior was going on might dictate the response mm -hmm. but then if a parent got really upset or even if the child pushed back and they say you've got no right to or what did i do wrong that would be a blanket coverage where yeah and I, i've said this for a long time, uh, even going back to our old Six Flags video, uh, no place can put everything in every rule perfectly itemized. If an amusement not. park had every rule on a sign, the sign would be the largest attraction. You have to have something that covers a multitude of situations and gives you various options for how to deal with all those things. So if there was a separate rule for not knocking on doors that aren't yours, I mean, that's hard because what if it's an honest mistake and you're drunk, do you get a mulligan? Like, how does that work? Uh, not making too much noise in the hallway. How could you dictate what too much noise is? Yeah. Like, there's so many issues and there would be so many individual rules that that'd be incredibly hard to make it transparent so people could follow and then adhere to it. So that's my personal theory. Um, but all that's conspiracy theory necessarily. Yeah. And then thinking also too, like with, um, like to, to further to your point, 
is with there being such a staffing issue with a carnival right now, having a policy in place kind of saying, hey, this is the rule. It might kind of take some of the burden off and some of the pressure off of the security that's maybe having to kind of yeah. run around chasing after these kids. Because right. uh, then you have some parents going, no, 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 like you need to be back. Voluntary be compliance back. will exactly. be deterrent. And so yeah. it'll kind of take some of the strain off the, the security people that, and, mm-hmm. and just staff in general that are like, hey, you know, get these kids, yeah. right? Um, yeah, like I think that we're pretty consistent rule followers, for example. Exactly. I mean, every now and then there's the odd thing where I might push my luck slightly uh, on occasion. I may have gone to part of the Grand Canyon that you're not supposed to go to. I may have, you know, kind of gone on a ship and filmed a uh, helicopter rescue where maybe I shouldn't have been. Um, but then, like, you know, when security shows up, I... You know, get out of there. Yeah, exactly. And that that's exceptionally rare when I do something like that. And that's only ever uh, sort of taking my own small risk, never annoying other people, putting other people at risk. Mm-hmm. But by and large, we follow the rules to like silly degrees sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we like, you know, um, when we go through a border, I don't even like to have nail clippers on me because I don't want that interpreted as something that they're now going to strip search me, for <laughs> example. And so uh, I think for people like us. It will save them potentially that thing. And then also there's the whole spectrum of people. And so as a deterrent, uh, I think that works. So anyways, I think the, the, the big message of the segment here is um, if you or someone in your party is 17 years or younger on a cruise ship after 1 a.m. until, I don't know, yeah. uh, be in your cabin. Uh, and I think so part of why we're doing this is we want to get the word out to our audience so that they're aware of that rule before they cruise. Because like with so many rules and like the COVID things, testing and vaccination in different ports, like those rules are changing almost daily. Like in the last couple of weeks of yeah. August, it was like a change every three days. Uh, you know, oh, oh no. Greece is doing this. Okay. And now the whole cruise line is doing this, but not if you're going here. Uh, you oh, know, sometimes Bahamas it was like several times a day we were getting new for announcements. For ports almost. It was yeah. unreal. And so I, people could be forgiven for not having an encyclopedic knowledge of the rules. Of course. Uh, and so we just wanted to shine a bit of a light on this to, you know, families. Uh, and also my personal thinking, getting to what you were saying about ages, I don't know that they've set the needle in the right place. And, and, and I mean, with all the rule changes, they're probably open to changing it. Yeah. Uh, and so then maybe they'll tweak it and, you know, they'll, they'll change the ingredients in the soup of this particular rule over time, maybe. My recommendation is I think that it's 12 and under and I would I would roll it back to like midnight or even earlier. That's what I... I, know, I that, that's that. my I personal it, thought. I, I, I disagree on the the time. I think I think yeah, max like fourteen and under uh, at max. Um, I I'm yeah, I, I can be talking to the twelve thing because we let Julian kind of do what he wanted once he kind of established that he was able to behave responsibly, could navigate uh, the ship on his own, was able to navigate and was able to communicate with us whenever he needed to get in touch with us because we had like was comfortable approaching like staff that. if he needed help or direction. Um, so once we were able to kind of establish all of that, we were kind of like, okay, well, this is your vacation too, so you know you know, go forth and prosper basically. Um, and, My- and we started that at probably about 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and Julian would like to get ice cream sometimes. So on rare occasion, he would go out and get some ice cream. So, yeah. and he was always like, and then like, and he'd be out by it before or he'd be out still at 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of kids that are like Julian. And I think cruising kids in general too, I think by and large, I think cruising kids tend to be more like Julian because they they tend to have grown up in the cruising world. You know, it seems like parents tend to kind of get their kids introduced into cruising at a young age so they know how to comport themselves at, and they learn how to comport themselves properly at a young age. Um, and, and so by the time they hit like 
12, 13, 14, and, and beyond, they know what they're supposed to be doing. It's, I think it's the kids that are Julian's age and, and, and around that, you know, between 12 and 17, um, who are new to cruising. And this is just all of this exciting, fun, new novelty for them. It gets to them. Um, and they behave in ways that either they would ordinarily not behave or because, you know, they have this, you know, walking mall that they can kind of run around in and their parents are somewhere else because they, it's their parents' vacation too. They're like, well, I'm just going to go buck wild, right? And so, I, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's the kids that are newer to cruising that are probably are more likely to behave that way because when I see these kids acting ruckus, I don't see, you know, platinum badges on them. I don't see <laughs> diamond badges on them. The kids that are like, you know, they have their hands folded in their lap and they're having a good time and they're being polite. They, these are the kids with the gold, diamond, and platinum or gold, platinum, yeah. and diamond badges, right? Yeah, or a milestone um, cruise one. Exactly. It's, it's the blue card kids so that you see that are like, and red, and, and, yeah. and red cards that are just running amok and I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to do the color shaming. But, I don't I mean, generally either, but I think it's with kids, it, it, the sample size, yeah. yeah. But but even then, like those those we I've been on twenty three cruises and I haven't seen egregious behavior, so mm. it's only like the slightly more irritating. Um, but personally, I just think if you're a teenager and it's the middle of the night and you want to get some ice cream or a lemonade or a hot chocolate or something, you should be able to. Yeah, that's that's my thinking. Um, but uh, let us know in the comments. Reach out to us, send an email or a message, or t- add us on uh, Twitter, Vacay Impossible. Let us know what your thoughts are on this. We'd be very curious because it's such a new idea and it doesn't sound fully formed. It was. Uh, it doesn't sound fully complete. It's probably evolving situation. We'd be very curious what your thoughts and reactions are because we're still processing the news ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and so with this segment, I think we'll let uh, Julian go hit the hotel pool. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been very patient. So thank you for joining us mm-hmm. as a guest for this segment of the podcast. And then uh, Mindy and I will continue. I almost feel the need to apologize because we did go on three road trips to Portland in April and May, but none of those really allowed us the time to record a podcast as, yeah. you know, meeting family and stuff like that. Um, but one thing uh, that we did do on a Portland trip that actually we should probably talk about, I think, because this could be useful, is we went to Benihana. <laughs> and, oh, I love Benihana now. Uh, I was... I didn't understand what it was um, because I know that people go to Hawaii to train to be a Benihana chef. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was Hawaiian food. Silly me. Uh, so apparently it's more Japanese than that. But I mean, it's, it's in the a, direction of Japan. It's, it's hibachi style cooking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so finally tried it. And um, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a little expensive, but you yeah. get a dinner and a show and the food is top notch. Um, and so one of the things that we uh, struggled with in our first yeah. visit to Benihana was we didn't know how to order. And like I checked YouTube and there was no how to order Benihana video. And like Julian did the same. We both struggled. So as a service to people who might be going, I would like to explain how to order at Benihana. Uh, and we do recommend Benihana because it's fantastic. So when you go, if you're in a group, you might get a table to yourself. But uh, if it's smaller, you'll be paired up with other people. And it's sort of, um, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right. Pre-fix? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, price-fixed, whatever. Uh, it's it's French. a fixed menu. Yeah, it's, it's French for, for a fixed uh, menu in the sense, or fixed price, in the sense that you select a, sort of a package. And so it'll include sort of the uh, salad, appetizer, soup main course dessert like generally it's all one thing yeah uh and so they have that 
And in your first visit to Benihana, I recommend that's all you get. Maybe that and a drink. Um, but it is a lot of food, all of these packages, and it's amazing. And the person who made it is in front of you watching whether you eat it or not. I did not feel judged, but if that's something that you might think about, um, yeah. you know, uh, so it's a lot of food and um, it, it, it's kind of pricey. So you don't want to add unnecessary expense by, because there is a la carte things you can get on top of it. You can get a boat of sushi or whatever. The a la carte things, they don't generally prepare in front of you so that is just kind of general uh, restaurant experience so you don't get that added value of the experience of it being prepared in front of you and again it would just be so much food too much food and so what I recommend, uh, I tried uh, the uh, teriyaki chicken. Yeah. Uh, Mind-blowing. Best teriyaki I've had in my life. Uh, the show is fantastic. And you can ask for little modifications. You don't want, like, onions or mushrooms or something like that. They'll note it when they take your order at the beginning, and it will be there for when the chef comes out. And, of course, you're watching them make it and stuff like that, so they can ask you any questions that they might have. Um, so ordering at Benihana, look for the section that looks like it covers a lot of different things, entrees, appetizers, everything, and order from there for your first time Definitely. and then after that if you find that you could have eaten more for one thing wow kind of impressive <laughs> um, and if that's the case then in a subsequent visit then you can maybe consider adding those a la carte things but I certainly wouldn't recommend it for the first visit or like if you're with a large group and like the you and the large group collectively are going to share that one add-on thing where you're basically just getting me two or three you know sizable bites then maybe it makes some sense, like if you're gonna, like where you basically have the whole table or the whole section to yourself. Even then, I actually don't recommend it in that situation either, because then there's so many of you, so many of you that you, all you need is one person to eat like a bird, and suddenly there's extra food for everybody basically sure. there. And so again, even in a group, I suggest on your first visit, don't do a la carte stuff. Just go with the price fixed, and um, and then maybe you can have your own little economy that builds around it. It's like, well, I didn't super enjoy the soup. Here's the soup, but you know that appetizer of yours looks pretty nice. You didn't finish that, and you just slide that over here, uh, and that sort of a thing, so that you can kind of fill the gaps and like you know the people who have a greater appetite can compensate for those who eat like birds possibly yeah like i i we, we got the um fried rice which you absolutely need to get the fried rice um and and we had we were sat at a table with people who'd been there before and so they were asking us oh do you want the fried rice and i was kind of like i don't know i don't know because uh, experienced I was, folks gave us and they're like you insight. want the fried rice so, I was like, oh, okay. so thank you to you strangers who never gave us your names uh <laughs> that was that was nice and and yeah if you're an experienced person and you're obviously seated with novices that's a nice thing to do exactly. uh, from my experience uh, but yeah i i wasn't able to barely put a dent in the fried rice because by the time like by the time all the food was out it was a lot of food um because yeah it was like a soup a salad um and then i i wound up having i think julian and i both actually wound up helping you finish the soup because we both yeah. liked the soup uh i think i wound up eating both of your salads um or finishing off both of your salads because neither of you guys really were digging the salad i think i helped you with your rice or something you definitely you and julian absolutely helped with the rice because yeah. there's just no way in a million years i was finishing that so good so um, filling though and so. and i think you guys also even helped with my prawns i think uh, I think Julian did. I think Julian, yeah. So just because like I have a decreased appetite these days, and so that was just all the food. Yeah. Um, you, if you order off the prefix menu, you will not leave hungry. <laughs> like legitimately, as much as I recommend Benihana, as much as I enjoy hibachi style cooking, uh, honestly, if you are certainly if you're fresh off of having uh, bariatric surgery, this is not the restaurant for you. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. That was it. Was nice while I knew you. It's not going to happen again. Think that relationship it, is over now. Think of it as all you can eat. 
um, with like a minimum that they you know that you're penalized if you don't hit. Like it is it is huge portions. Yeah. Uh, when you put it all together, and so yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Unfortunately, for people who uh, uh, who have had any kind of gastric bypass surgery or sleeve or whatever it yeah. might be, any kind of metabolic um, surgery, basically. Yeah. Any any of that kind of intervention. This is a lot of food. <laughs> but it, but it's still um it it was super tasty and it was yeah. very very fresh um the entertainment was a lot of fun yeah very fun um they uh yeah and they let you film uh, which you know some places are a little kind of touchy about that but it seems like this is almost an expectation that you kind of just film it so you know my one and only reel is of you know the guy doing I don't know what he did uh did a thing um you know it's yeah I mean. I imagine Americans are probably much more used to Benihana than, and like hibachi style cooking than I think, uh, at least West Coast Canadians are. I mean, hibachi style cooking, yeah, I think a, a decent amount of Pacific Northwesterners are somewhat familiar with, uh, but Benihana we don't have up in Canada. Um, so the closest one we have is, it, well, sorry, we don't have in, the west coast of Canada or I think I think there's only one in Toronto maybe um, and and so you know for us if we want Benihana we will have to go to Portland uh, which is a five hour drive so it's a commitment um, and um, and the other thing too is you abs- I don't know if it's unique to this particular Benihana but we found that you absolutely this is not a hey why don't we go here uh, last minute? We don't know what we want for dinner tonight kind of can't, situation. Can't go on a whim. Um, yeah, we had, to, we had to book a table about Did, two weeks out before we were able to get a booking. Yeah, several days in advance at bare minimum. Yeah. But possibly quite a bit more. So especially if it's anything tied to a date, like a birthday or special occasion, uh, you're definitely going to want to book in advance as far out in advance as the website lets you, basically. But the booking in advance process is pretty easy and cancellation is pretty easy Yeah, it's easy just with, well. through open table. It's like, it's dirt simple. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, also one of the things that the the, it in, the experience includes is a picture. Yeah. So they'll come over with their own little uh, phone, and they'll take some pictures, and you get a printout of that as well. So um, the the all inclusive prefix thing is uh, is really what we recommend, and that is sort of I think the essential of how to order Benihana. And I'll also mention that I don't like Japanese food. I'm actually allergic to to large portions of it, um, but I loved this. I absolutely loved it. So I think that for a variety of palates, whatever your taste, I think that someone would find something that they would uh, enjoy because they I, had vegetarian options too. I they, think they absolutely did. They absolutely yeah. did. I think. We'll have to find uh, where we can get this kind of uh, outside of Kobe in Vancouver, where we can get this kind of uh, restaurant. Uh, because there, yeah, in Vancouver we have a Benihana type restaurant. It's called Kobe. Um, it's really expensive compared to it's 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 probably about thirty to forty percent more expensive than uh, Benihana. It's it's a much more high end. Um, you know, cause it's right in the, you know, the heart of the financial district of Vancouver, um, downtown. and like kind of the high end part of Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. And so it's, um, yeah, I remember I, I went to Kobe once 30 years ago and for three people it was over a hundred dollars for the three of us, which at uh, 30 years ago, just for inflation, like that's just huge sums of money. And I, we've had, we have some uh, family friends, uh, where yeah, they've gone, uh, I think just the two of them, it was like about $200 and yeah. that was somewhat recently. Yeah. We were talking to them about our Benihana experience cause we are now converts and we are spreading the Benihana gospel across the world and, uh, you know, on your podcast platform of choice, please subscribe if you haven't already as well as YouTube. Yeah. We were telling them about what we paid and they were laughing at 
at us because it was so much less yeah. than what they would have paid at this place. And so um, that's a couple questions for you, our audience, is uh, have you been to Benihana? What was your experience? Is there a dish that you recommend or really enjoy? Hit us up on Twitter uh, or Facebook, Instagram, whatever you like. As well, um, here's my ask is have you had Benihana-like food, maybe with or without the show, at a lower price somewhere because sometimes we might just want the food and not the show uh, because I mean you know it is, some people have social anxiety yeah. uh, you're, you might be paired up with strangers and you know there's a lot of eye contact it's not too much for us but for some it might be mm-hmm. uh, having someone make your food that close to you and kind of uh, you know performing and making jokes uh, and sometimes so, at like, your expense you, but and, you're kind of yeah it. but in a good way uh, from what we found yeah. with our guy but um, sometimes people just might not be feeling that but yeah. they might desperately want that really good food yeah I think I think so the expectation. If you've got a tip, let us know, and we'll check it out. We'll review it. I, I think the expectation with, particularly with Benihana, is you're you're in on the joke. So even yeah. if if the joke is made at your expense, like you kind of know going in that the it's while it'll be good natured ribbing, it's still going to be some ribbing if it happens. I, I mean, I, I recently saw like a viral video where some lady just kind of went off on the hibachi cook, and he served her a couple different ways, um, and it was kind of fun to watch, and everyone was having a great old time just watching her get eviscerated by this guy in a very very polite and hilarious kind of way well i guess maybe he lost one tip but increased five others at the table so maybe that's really good math yeah, minus one plus five for him. um but um, also i th- i th- i got the sense because i was watching the room because i'd never been so when i first showed up i was like looking around trying to get a sense of like what it would be like and even when i was there when there was like a wait before the chef came out i was kind of trying to read the room and from what i saw it looked like the 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 chefs that we saw at the portland location were really good at reading their audience yes and so like if there was somebody who had really closed body posture and wasn't laughing a lot and kind of looking down they kind of like they, they tried to draw them out a little bit but they didn't point a spotlight on them at all no and like, they, they, they seemed would, to really consider it uh, at least the ones we experienced yeah and they would maybe do like one or two passes at that and they tried they, to draw them out if it didn't work they'd, then they'd just yeah they would find someone else that enjoy the food uh, yeah. and then it would just be a matter of okay so did you want the mushrooms or not like it was just practical exactly, from exactly. that point and so. I, th- I think the other thing i'd like to know too is not just you know yeah is there some sort of like hibachi uh, grill that you enjoy that's you know more cost effective than benihana or the, the other thing i'd like to know too is you know where you're at um is benihana like super overrated and there's a place that's you know irrespective of cost uh where you're like nah like whatever benihana is yesterday's news like this is where you got to go for hibachi food um because maybe we'd like to check it out um we get around a lot especially as as covid's getting in the rearview mirror we're possibly talking about like giant road trips next year Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that yeah, no, but definitely. And I mean, I'm a massive foodie. Like, I, I often joke that I didn't get fat by accident. Um, and so, you know, hit me up with your food recommendations. Like, I guess that's my call to action today is, 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 you know, I mean, I don't want to go full diners, drive-ins, and dives because every time I try <laughs> to go to those restaurants, it falls flat on my face. Uh, We've but, had some rough experiences. But, you know, I'll trust your recommendations over Guy Fieri's. Let me just say, say that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, speaking of future plans, we do, as always, have some things planned for the future. We are nothing uh, booked, but we're hoping to take a short, maybe five-day cruise out of Long Beach sometime in the next couple months, September, October, uh, if I can make that work with various schedules. But with cruising, having uh, relaxed its testing, I don't want to get into specifics because those change day by day, as we mentioned earlier. Um, But with things having relaxed, uh, we're keen on getting our restart going. Um, And so hopefully that. And then I've got my epic trip in November where I'm flying to London, five days in London, train to Southampton, one day in Southampton, and then boarding the Carnival Celebration for its inaugural cruise. So my first ever inaugural cruise 
Uh, I've been on the Panorama for its second ever cruise. First ever inaugural. I think they have special things you get uh, even more so. So I'm looking forward to that. It's my first time on an XL class. Uh, so uh, we're going to be posting videos, having a podcast and all that. So look forward to that. It's interesting because it was going to be just Mike and I, as we talked about on the previous podcast. But since then, Sam has now joined the team. Uh, so a new challenger approaches. Uh, so you can look forward to seeing Sam on that trip as well. He will probably as ever decline to be on the podcast. It's one of my favorite things. I, I, he always says no. So I try to ask him and I try to record him. I love opening the podcast with uh, me being like, hey, Sam, do you want to be on the podcast? He says no. And then I just start the show. <laughs> just because that's, that's funny to me, my twisted sense of humor. Um, and then we're thinking about possibly another short, maybe seven day cruise in December. Uh, that might just be Sam and I. We're looking at how that is developing. A lot of moving parts there. And then next year is kind of a wide open field. We don't have anything scheduled. We're talking about possibly another road trip to Indianapolis and back. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, obviously more cruises. Uh, you know, if there's a Mario Marathon, of course, you know, we will jump on a plane or whatever. You know, if I have to ride a donkey to get to that charitable event, I'll do it. Exactly. And I'll film the donkey. Uh, the donkey, I'll make it internet famous. <laughs> Um, but that I think is most of that. And you have a uh, plan to go to uh, Mindamoya in Ontario yeah, in next, the future. Next year is my 40th birthday. And my mother and I had been talking. How did your age? I, Bold. I, yeah. I respect that. <laughs> I keep it ambiguous. <laughs> I want everyone to think that I'm their age so they can identify with me. <laughs> so my mom and I had been talking about going. So my name, my full name is Minda Moya. Um, and full first name. That's all full, you're getting. Yeah. Full first name. <laughs> we respect everyone's privacy, most notably our own. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we've been talking about going to Minda Moya as um, some sort as of. As long as I've known you. Yeah. For probably. <laughs> about 20 20 years now actually probably basically exactly um uh i never finished high school uh but for a while there was kind of talking about maybe going back to high school uh, completing high school or just <laughs> taking some sort of you know post-secondary program of some sort and so the idea at the time was oh you know once you you know complete that either high school or post-secondary certification as a celebration we'll go to minamoya uh and obviously that didn't wind up happening. Hold, hold, hold on hold on let me get this straight you were going to go back to school and get your degree just to get a grad present that was a vacation? I love that. <laughs> that is amazing. That is Vacation Impossible all over. You would get a degree just to get a vacation? That's fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, ADD <laughs> kicked in for about 20 years and that never happened. Um, Life got in the way. Yeah, exactly. And um, And so finally, I think last year, I was like, you know what? 20th birthday or 40th birthday we're doing this um i've had it um uh, like i we're constantly talking about it we've we're never making plans let's make a plan um and you're now booked and and yeah and booked. so the other day we finally booked the hotel it's this uh, bed and breakfast called uh, twin peaks bed and breakfast it's right on the lake um and what's cool about archipelago uh, oh sorry uh, minamoya so minamoya is um inside the manitoulin islands so the manitoulin islands if you're unfamiliar with canada is a large series i'm familiar of- with canada and i didn't know about this yes. before before you mentioned. Okay, if you're, if you're not familiar with the minutia of Ontario. If you're not it's not a minutia. It's not minutia. Um if you're unfamiliar this with West this Coast particular yeah, if, if you're unfamiliar with this particular region of Canada, the Manitoulin Islands is a series of archipelagos. Um and Mindamoya is uh a, a island within a lake within an island. And it's a weird thing, but that kind of I think if, if I recall correctly that kind of helps define it as an archipelago. Um and it is the I think Japan's an archipelago. I think it the is. Philippines are in yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you have to be in a lake. Uh, but um, <laughs> anyways, um, 
Corrected. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the Minamoya is the largest island within a lake within an island in the world. Um, it's a really weird, bizarre distinction, but um, it's it's what we got. Um, and it's actually, a, a, since the rise of Instagram, it's become incredibly popular. Um, so we actually had to book a year out in advance. Uh, and we almost booked, we almost waited too long to book out. Um, because there is this really, really popular grotto in Mindamoya. It's this, like, total gram-worthy site. Um, beautiful photos. Like, like look up, like, hashtag Mindamaya Grotto on Instagram and you'll see some stunningly gorgeous photos uh, and um, uh, with my you know mobility issues I probably won't be able to check it out but hopefully my mom and my sister you know maybe can sneak away for a little so bit and check it out. it's a natural grotto? It's a natural grotto. And it's not like it's not accessible so it's like you'd have to go on a hike to get to it? I think so yeah. Oh. Uh, so I don't That's think I'll, yeah I don't think I'll be able to access it. I, I'll have to look into it a little bit more. Yeah. But so it's, so it's in this incredibly popular place to visit during the summertime now. Um, and, Doing it for the ground. Yeah, and so um, yes, yeah, so we had to we had to book like a year in advance. Uh, fortunately, we crazy. were able to get the hotel that I wanted to stay at. There weren't a whole lot of hotels. Uh, if there aren't a whole lot of hotels in Minamoya proper, there's a lot of hotels kind of surrounding it and like the, the other towns. Um, um, a lot of Airbnb, a lot of B&B. There, yeah, there's of, like some Airbnb. Yeah, some Verbo type locations, some some Airbnb type locations. And I'm I'm not a fan of Verbos and Airbnbs. Like if needs must, then needs must. But uh, it's not really something. It's not. It's certainly not going to be the first option I'm looking at. I mean, we're um, recording this in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we we booked it and it's awesome. And we're staying at this like Victorian house. Um, yeah, like I said, it's called the Twin Peaks Bed and Breakfast. And I absolutely look forward to reporting back on what that was like. Hell, maybe I'll film my own uh, podcast and. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 super excited. What uh, one of the things is it, a weird fact that we learned. So I have a younger sister, um, and she's coming with us. And the only way to get to Mindamoya, unless you have your own boat, um, is, which we do not, which we do not, and we certainly don't. In <laughs> but Australia. if you want to support us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Vacation Impossible. For as little as $1 a month, you could get us closer to that boat that we're actually not planning to buy at all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but so, so so the only way to get to Minamoya, short of your own boat, is by taking a ferry. Um, and the ferry is in this town called Tobermory. Um, and that is really close to my sister's name. Um, and we didn't actually learn this until after my sister was born. Um, and Complete after coincidence. We, after we named her, and this we, trip was meant to be. Yeah, and we, you know, we 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 talked to an old friend of ours from Ontario, and we're like, oh, so this is you know, this is Tova's name, and la 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 la, and they're like. Oh, did you, you know, because of Minamoya, did you name her for this reason? We're like... It's like one of those things you want to retcon and kind of take credit for (laughs) because it makes you look good. Exactly. But it's also kind of amazing um, that you just fell ass backwards into it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and when I was working at one of the last companies I was working at, I, um, you know, I had a client or two from Minamoya. Um, and so I... Got some local knowledge. And I'd mentioned... You pump them for information? And and I told them, like, hey... Where's good to eat? Where, where, where's the nearest Benihana? <laughs> <laughs> well, so professionally, I would go by the diminutive I kind of decided on for my name because my name is not a standard name. It's, it's um, you know, it's literally my name, my combination of names is the only one in the world. Like, you will absolutely not find anyone else with my name 
in the world. Um, so that's a really cool, like, thing I get to claim. Um, and, uh, uh, so, and so you know, professionally, I went by Mindy for the longest time because, you know, going to school, no one could pronounce my name. They made fun of my name because it's so weird and It's a and name unique. for all time zones. And, and, it, and you yeah. just get tired of explaining it, it, yourself. Exactly. And, and you know, there's a whole bunch of, like, you know, other reasons I'm just not going to get into where I'm just like, professionally, I'm just going to use this name. Um, and so so my customers would know me as Mindy. And then they are... Uh, Our audience knows you as Mindy. They, the audience mm-hmm. knows me as Mindy. And then, uh, you know, a client would phone and they're like, oh, hey, I, you know, I'm calling from this company. And... You know, and I see that they're based out of Minamoy. I'm just like, hey, fun fact, want to know what my full name is? And they're mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, I'll give you 30 guesses and you're never going to get it. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you think my name is? Well, they're like, what's your name? I'm hey, like, if someone said that to me, I'd never guess Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, Mindamoya. And they're like, the lies you tell. I'm yeah, they lose like, their minds. Yeah, though, they absolutely. And then, and every single one of those customers who are like in the Manitoulins or in, in Mindamoya, every single one of those customers would tell me, when you take the ferry, before you get on the ferry, you have to get this ice cream at this place that's right next to the uh, ferry terminal in Mindem- in, in Tobermory. It's the best ice cream you're going to ever encounter in your entire life. Well, it sounds like you're committing to filming a video about that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, we, and like we have friends who've been to Mindemoyan, who've been to Tobermory, wow. who are like, yes, I can confirm this is the best ice cream that you're ever going to have. So I'm looking forward to that because, again, didn't get fat by accident. Um, so It'll be um, interesting after this podcast because whenever we get comments and the comments refers to you as Mindamoya, I know it's someone we know personally. Yeah, yeah. And if it says Mindy, I know it's like an audience member that doesn't know us like that. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like outside of the Vacation Impossible brand. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, this might actually take away that, that tool of identifying <laughs> my audience <laughs> and the commenters. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so those are, uh, yeah, that's kind of my plan. I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping that uh, Ray and I can uh, go on a cruise um, in the next month or two. We're thinking a five day on the Radiance out of Long Beach um, to probably Ensenada if it's open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as, as well as maybe a return to Catalina. Uh, but we'll see what's available, what we can mm-hmm. pull off. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of, at least for me, I mean, I have a multitude of surgeries coming up in yeah. the next several months, so Limits options. my options are, are absolutely limited. So we kind of, for me, if I want to get a cruise in within the next, if I want to be able to, uh, before, within the next six months, I basically have to do it within the next two months. Yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, I have surgery in November for my nose, and then I have surgery... Possibly in January. As early as January. As early as... No earlier than January. No earlier than January for my metabolic surgery, and so, you know, maybe next time that you guys see me on a a podcast, I'll look quite a bit different. So, we'll see. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, we could have a lot of comments. Is that Mindamoya? And I'll be like, wait a minute, who said that? It's half of her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, and that's part of what we want to do. Um, We've obviously covered both on the podcast and on the YouTube channel um, accessibility things, but this is a different dimension of accessibility. because this is going to be a little bit more dietary to a degree Um, but we're going to continue covering those topics because it's really good to know before you go particularly if you have any of those needs that not every venue or person might think of yeah Uh, and so we try to to bring you the experiential unvarnished truth on those yeah and if you um have some questions uh if you're about to get into metabolic surgery or about to have metabolic surgery um or you've recently had metabolic surgery and you are about to go on a cruise and you're concerned about what to eat um and and you can't wait you don't have enough time to wait for me to kind of come back and re- like report back definitely check out um um uh carnival vifp members 
Yeah, the um, Facebook group. Because there are a number of members in the group who have had metabolic surgery and go cruising now, and they are total old hats at cruising while, you know, while dealing with theirs, or while living this new paradigm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much every one of them have said, like, once you're used to it, it's really, really easy to navigate uh, around all that and to adhere to your diet. Um, it just requires some consistency or, you know, giving yourself a bit of a break every now and then um, and just kind of, like, obviously not kind of completely falling off the rails. But Nothing that would risk your health. That, and there are a lot of things and restrictions that would risk your health. So yeah. within the bounds of what you're safe to do. Yeah, and obviously you make the decision for yourself how you're going to do it. Yeah, but this is, we, we are not medical professionals. This is not, not legal acts or medical advice. Not even, not even <laughs> We never provide bit. any of that on this podcast. Uh, you know, or, all, or, all rights reserved, patent pending, your mileage may vary. Oh, and, and <laughs> Please don't sue us, bro. Uh, and same applies in the group. Obviously, you yeah. know, take whatever advice you get in the group uh, for, with the grain of salt. Just sharing experiences. And, but, you know, there are absolutely some people that can give you some advice um, from, you know, past experiences and current experiences, for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great resource. Uh, regardless of any questions you might have about cruising, uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, we've learned so much running the group um, yeah. that it's really quite fantastic. So, yeah, those are sort of our future plans, so stay tuned for that in terms of this trip. Uh, so this is a quick little four-day, three nights. We came down here. We've, we're staying at the Hilton Garden Inn, uh, as I mentioned, uh, here in uh, Everett North, which is Muckleteo, really. Yeah. Um, and so this has been pretty good. Uh, we have been at this hotel before, and we do have a video on YouTube that shows you the room and the pool. However, they have made some slight improvements since last time we were here, uh, maybe partly because of my griping on Instagram. I don't know. Uh, follow Vacation Impossible on Instagram. Uh, we often post hotel hotel pictures. For example, there's a Doubletree Seattle airport uh, where I had a multi-picture thing where it was like the 10 uh, pictures of the 10 things good about that hotel and pictures of the 10 things bad about that hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's yeah, that can be a useful resource and also just a bit of fun. Um, and so we had posted some things like there was mold by the hinge of the door going from the gym to the pool and the door to the men's bathroom change room at the pool didn't close properly. Both of those have now since been remediated and fixed. Uh, it, the, the door to the men's bathroom change room doesn't lock so it's not done yet uh, i hope they're still working on it um but there were you know things of that nature that we had noticed and i don't know if it was our coverage uh that maybe inspired that correction or if it just happened organically or somebody else maybe actually formally complained but yeah. um so this stay has been pretty good i would yeah. say i would say a little bit better than i thought because i was expecting the pool to be in the same state yeah. that it was in before we did encounter a couple people who were Great. And it's, it's important when, and I, and I think this applies really to cruising as well, when guests are misbehaving, you can't blame the venue. No. Uh, so, you know, if children are doing stuff on a cruise ship, it's hard to blame the cruise ship for what children are doing because they are not employees. Yeah. And so the ability of the cruise ship to control them is somewhat limited, although earlier in the podcast we talked about how that might be increasing. However, um, so we were in the pool and there was a sports team that was here our first night. And so some of them were in the gym and some of them were in the pool. And at one point, the ones in the gym started throwing gym equipment at the ones in the hot tub uh and like so yeah that was super irritating cracking up a can of beer and i'm like while in the hot tub i'm like that seems like a bad idea and and mercifully didn't go on for super long and then they eventually vacated we had the place to ourselves and that was lovely but uh you know and so like that was kind of the low point of our stay here i would say to give them credit though i i got the sense that they because they kept on kind of glancing in my general direction and because i did heat checking or just checking if it's cool with cool are you cool i wasn't (laughs) sure what was going on there but with the program but 
like I was I didn't because I didn't want to go into the pool um I wanted only the hot tub and like I had all these dude well there were all these dude bros in the hot tub so I was like Absolutely. it wasn't just that they were misbehaving uh, and obnoxious and rude and stuff but it was also there were so many of them there wouldn't have been much room yeah it was, the, the hot tub was full and so yeah. and I'm just like it's the hot tub full of a whole bunch of like dudes um and I'm just like I know like unless my husband can comfortably fit in right next to me that's not happening um and so I just I'm not gonna be able to take any of them in a fight and so I just I just <laughs> stayed you know in the Barker lounge kind of off to the other side and I kind of got the sense that after a while they kind of started feeling a little guilty that they were clearly like bogarting the pool or the hot tub and you know, so I think they and I, and they clearly and they after when the exercise ball was thrown at the guys at the pool like one of them definitely like checked to see like am I gonna go it made uh just a cacophonous noise a, As like, it, like, like it sounded like a wall fell down it really did uh, and so like my head whipped around any faster I would have broken my own neck probably and so like I don't know if that like that motion they noticed or whatever but it gets back to that old Amnesty International thing of like they say that people behave differently when they know they're being watched yeah uh, and so even without us necessarily having to intervene because this is America I don't want to get shot <laughs> um, you know you don't necessarily have to say something sometimes it's just the matter of your presence and you know observing something makes people think twice I know it is like that with me sometimes mm-hmm. like I can be a little obnoxious and silly you know I've let my inner child out to play a little bit more than the average I think and uh, but if there's someone else around I'm, I'm you know rein it in a bit a bit more yeah. sensitive to it and then if I notice like micro expressions or giant scowls and glares I, I, I rein it in so they weren't completely oblivious and so credit no, to them yeah, that. so that's what I'm saying. Credit where credit due. Yeah. I, what, the, the one bit of negative feedback, and maybe this is just me being nitpicky, uh, about the hotel. Um, it's about their um, continental breakfast. Um, and <laughs> just the breakfast Hilton option. Garden it, Inn, I want to stress, and we are gold members. Yeah, and so <laughs> the continental breakfast that we're t- typically used to um, is, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, serve yourself style. And, you know, you have all the, you know, different various breads and pastries. Well, um, I think and we're used then you, to the Hampton Inn. Yeah, but it's still a continental breakfast. And yeah, there's yeah. a standard, like, the continental breakfast is, like, this standard offering. And, you know, you'll have some form of proteins, like, you know, bacon and or sausage and or, you know, and, like, scrambled eggs um, and um, hard-boiled eggs, even. Yeah. And um, a make-your-own-waffle station or yeah. and or make-your-own-pancake station. Like, these are all standard. And, like, juices and, and like, Coffees coffee and, and decaf and tea. Yogurt and, and like, fruit. And these, so these are all standard offerings um, and Toast. oatmeal. Um Muffins, and, and so the so we're given like ten dollar about per person two ten dollar per person vouchers for the hotel. Uh, for well, the one ten dollar voucher or no two ten dollar vouchers per night per, per room per room yeah uh, as part of our goal. Despite that the, there's perk. three of us in the uh, yeah. registered to the room, um, and they don't charge for the third person, so we don't get the perk of the third person. Oh, I think okay, that's how fair. that works. Hilton's okay. really good about that. When you're in the Hilton Honors Loyalty Program, I think even at Blue Level, you don't pay for additional people. Yeah. Which is nice. And so... Certainly they, it's silver. And so what I discovered with this particular location, and like we've... And I've been at other... Obviously, we've been at other Hilton Garden Inn locations where this isn't the case. Um, uh, you... A, you, like, obviously, you have to sign for the voucher, you sign to the room. Um, the the Continental Breakfast is $10, actually more than that once you factor in tax. Um, the, they have, you know, the these like, you know, order, you know... Um, a la carte? Not a la carte, but like... Um, Add-ons? Uh, not add-ons, no. Um, um, made-to-order st- uh, mm. menu options. That are oh, all, like omelets. Yeah, that are all well over $10. Um, and so, but the continental options, literally all it was was a smattering of, of breads and pastries. Um, 
some yogurt and some like some fruit cantaloupe or something watermelon and oranges for the last couple of days and Very only cool. regular coffee no decaf coffee at all actually no decaf options at all for, like the, the both the teas weren't decaf either <laughs> um and like no oatmeal they had like toppings for oatmeal so i guess i just come out too late like they bring in the oatmeal like i don't know when they do but i come <laughs> down at like nine thirty, and like breakfast is done at 10 and the oatmeal is gone the toppings for the oatmeal are still there but the oatmeal is gone um you want to put the toppings on your yogurt <laughs> i don't know maybe and so I'm like, I've, I've never been to a restaurant i've never been to a hotel where the continental options are so 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 limited yeah. um and so what i would recommend is if you're an uh um h honors member and you have the choice between taking the points or getting the voucher just take the points and go out for breakfast. Yes, okay, it'll cost you more money, but it'll be slightly less aggravating, I suppose. Or wake, be, don't, you know, sleep in as much as I do. I don't know. So, um, like... And this has been a somewhat universal thing for me for Hilton Garden Inns. I found that the food selection and quality and how it's handled varies drastically from location to location. You can drop me in any Hampton Inn in the world. I'm going to test this in London, by the way. We're staying in a Hampton Inn. Um, but it, it feels like I could be dropped in any Hampton Inn in the world and the food will be pretty much the same and I know what to expect and it's always a pretty decent spread. Someone can always find something to make themselves full. But at a Hilton Garden Inn, I mean, I've had everything to like super nice restaurant, almost unlimited food, like ready to order, all London included. Um... Well, London was Hilton. That was a Hilton product. Those were Hiltons, yeah, right, and right. Those, those cost extra. But I, I've, I've been to some uh, Hilton Garden Inns, and I, I don't remember because I've been to so many, but I think like maybe one in Florida or something, and some other places where it's like uh, it's like a sit-down restaurant, and everything was kind of included because I was gold, and it was amazing, and I got my omelet, and everything was covered, and it was just like the greatest service in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from that to kind of like what even a little less than what you're talking about here in some locations. And so, um, yeah, the Hilton Garden Inn breakfasts uh, are definitely, your mileage will vary, lack of consistency across the brand in my experience. See, and that's interesting, yeah, because my, in my experience that hasn't been the case. Um, and, and, and again, and, and not even just with the Hilton Garden Inn specifically, but with hotels. Like, it just, like... Continental, like there's like it has a definition. It's a definition, exactly. And this <laughs> it means something. This did not meet that to. definition, and um, I mean, yeah. it could be lingering supply chain issues. COVID, who it's knows? We're possible. trying to be it's understanding, but it's. Uh, you know, at the same time, let's make informed choices. I will also ask the the, the customers that um, you know if they um, they are you know staff everywhere is having staffing shortages. Yeah. Um, today, uh, I when I came down for breakfast, there was a guy haranguing this uh, the employee because his omelet hadn't yet been made, and he's like, "I've been waiting for this really long time. Like, check the till receipt. Like, you can see how long I've been waiting. This is like it's it's getting ridiculous." La la la. And he's effectively saying, "I don't care that there's people waiting ahead of me. Bump me ahead of them." Them. He's perhaps not conscious of the fact that that's what he's saying, but that was functionally, what it, that was functionally what it boils down to. And so, the, so the poor, the poor employee was like super flustered because he's mm-hmm. dealing. He's the only person dealing with the entire restaurant, basically. Um, that's like, uh, and then there's one cook, yeah. um, and she's doing everything made to order uh, because that's the way they set it up. Um, and you know, they, they and so you know when he went to the cook and said, "Hey, like this guy's giving me grief," and she said. There are five, you know, omelet orders ahead of me, ahead of him, and they take three minutes of minimum each to make. So they're gonna have to wait. I don't know what they want me to do. Um, and the, you know, and, and the you know the poor the guy came to you know the employee came to me and you know, was like asking what I wanted. I was like, dude, I just want a continental breakfast. And he was 
so grateful that someone basically didn't demand anything of him. I'm like, I just need to sign for it. Like, that's literally yeah. all I need. Um, and, and, you know, and he was, and because, you know, I think he kind of just got some human contact for a minute there. He kind of felt. Well, compassion goes a long way. Yeah. And he, I think he felt like safe to kind of not. Be himself be, for a moment. Take a breath. Be, yeah. And just maybe not necessarily. To basically kind of just make some comments, and which I thought were commiserate, totally commiserate to, to a little bit, maybe, yeah. and and I was like, you know what, it's, people need it's, to do that. And I and exactly. you know said like, you know, management is having a hard time getting staff, and and you're unfortunately bearing the brunt of that, and that sucks for you, man. Um, and uh, and he's like, yeah, no, I know, like that's it's it's really hard, and you know, um, and so if you're looking for work, I'm. Probably want to assume that they're probably hiring here. Well, pretty much everywhere is hiring these days. And actually, yeah, I think this is something I want to dive into a little bit deeper because we've been saying since the beginning onset of the pandemic that we're trying to be accommodating and sensitive to people and treat them like they're humans, ask them how they're doing mm-hmm. in a sincerely interested way and stuff like that. And that can go a long way. But let's, I want to take this to another level because let's talk about those times because and I'm seeing it because it's it's been dragging on. I get mm-hmm. it. It's been a while. And at some point you're like, am I just lowering my standards? I can understand if somebody's come to that point. Yeah. And they're not willing to lower their standards. I mean, I think the phrase, someone who doesn't suffer fools gladly is meant to be a compliment. Yeah. That having been said, I think that let's think about the weight and effect of complaining or being upset or angry or even further abusive, unreasonable, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the weight and effect of that. Let's say that you're, you've got an employee who uh, seems incompetent. And maybe they're just new. And sure, that's not your fault. It's not your problem. But the fact is, if you berate that person, if you drive them to tears, if you upset them so much, if you show no patience, if you treat them like crap, more than is necessary, then what's the weight and effect of that? Well, what's the likely outcome? Uh, are they going to love you for it? No. Will it improve your service? Maybe because they're afraid. But even then, like, how great is that going to be? Uh, and I'm not accusing anyone, but I mean, if anyone's going to spit in your food, they're probably going to do it to the person who's rude mm-hmm. uh, or abusive. But what's the weight and effect of that? You're probably giving that person a really good reason to quit. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're new, like they 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 don't have like seniority that they're giving up or anything, yeah. so the cost of them quitting might not be a lot. And in today's job market, it's an employee's market; they can quit. They can go across the road. Yeah. They can go. They can go to you know some other company or even a whole different sector. Absolutely. A lot of people are jumping sectors, and so the weight and effect of that, in terms of like even short term or long term, you're not helping yourself. I understand that you're upset and it's human to vent, both as it is for a customer as it is for the employee. Absolutely. But think think about this. Selfishly, think about this strategically, tactically. If I upset this person and I tend to stay at this hotel or maybe be here for a while or it's a restaurant I go back to or whatever, berating them isn't necessarily going to make it any better. Yeah. It's going to make it worse because if they leave, then there's going to be one less person there the next time you show up. And they're going to be even more behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be more stressed. It's going to be a newer person. Yeah. And it's going to increase the costs because hiring is very expensive and time consuming. And so all you're doing big picture is you're contributing to making things worse in that case. Now, I'm not saying that you're not to advocate for yourself. For example, in this scenario, and I wasn't even here for this, but if this person had a appointment, if they had, uh, there is the uh future of flight uh, sort of uh, museum Boeing thing across the road and you have to book in advance a set time because COVID. Yeah. And it's just not a bad Actually, I think it's always been that way. Okay, yeah. So you have to book in advance. Maybe because of capacity. Whatever yeah. it is. And so if he had a ticket 
for a certain time. He's like, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to be late for this. That's different. That's yeah. explaining your problem. And you could even just present it that way. Let them solve it. Make it their problem. Say, I've got a, I ordered half an hour ago. I have to be at this thing in half an hour. How can we solve this? Yeah. Something like that. You set up the problem. You don't personalize it. You don't call them names and attack them. And you focus on solutions by asking a how-focused question of the employee. How can we fix it? How can we you know, not have this be a problem? And maybe be open to the suggestions. I mean, maybe the solution is to refund the money and say, we just simply can't meet that time horizon. That yeah. might be the answer. Yeah. Um, but if you're just there berating them and you're not maybe explaining why, then they're not going to offer that solution. Yeah. And so maybe you're just going to have to walk out and not get that refund or be late or whatever. And so, I mean, I don't get too preachy. I just want to, in case anyone listening to this anywhere hasn't had that thought of, you know, because I don't think people's intentions are bad, but they don't always, uh, they might not have just sat down and thought about it in that particular way. And so that's what I'm looking at is big picture. And so when I was at a Hampton Inn in Everett, actually near here, downtown, um, I went to the pool and there were no towels. And so I could go to the front desk and charge in front of the two people in line and say, I'm a gold member and I deserve a pool towel. Get me one right now, you jerk. I could do that. I mean, I don't think I actually could because my personality prevents it. <laughs> but what I did was I went, I waited patiently uh, while the other two people ahead of me in line got taken care of. I might have eavesdropped a little to kind of learn. I'm always trying to learn stuff from anywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what's the problem? How do you solve it? I'm curious. You know, oh, what are they asking for? Maybe I want that too. Um, so there's that. And I, you know, I can be on my phone because there's Wi-Fi. So maybe I'm doing some stuff with our Facebook groups or whatever, posting on Instagram, tweeting something amusing maybe. Uh, hopefully amusing or insightful. Um, but then I waited. I got to the front and I said, hey, look, you're out of towels in the pool. I'll tell you what. Give me a stack of them. I'll take one for myself and I'll go put the rest there. Clearly, you're the only person at the desk here and you're being slammed with stuff. And I thought she was going to cry. Mm -hmm. when I made that simple offer. Uh, she went in the back. She came out with a stack of tiles, like a towels twice as big as I was expected to deal with. And so I took this huge thing and I was like, okay, I had trouble seeing around the towels. And when I got to the pool, my friend was laughing at me. I was like, yeah, I got a job here now. Um, but the fact is, is like a little thing like that What's the weight and effect of that? Well, now that person can provide faster, better service to the next person, uh, maybe in a, be in a better mood for that next person. And the next person could be me, could be you, dear listener, could be mm. our friend. Uh, who knows? Pay it forward. Put a little positivity out into the world. Be the change you want to see, quote Gandhi, whatever you want to call it, whatever your mantra or motivation is. Um, but I'd like to think that I made her job a little bit easier and I made her realize, like, maybe she's thinking, hey, the customers here aren't so bad. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe I want to stick it out because especially when you're new in a job, there is a point at which you become comfortable. And, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says you become unconsciously 10, yeah, yeah. confident after 10,000 hours. Sometimes I honestly find in a job, it's the moment when I train or explain something to another person that I realize, hey, I know how to do that. Yeah. When did that happen? <laughs> you know, uh, and if it gets them to that point and it just being human to them, if they stay, then rather than having a new person, if they quit, you get an experienced person who's a slightly more positive worldview. And I'm going to go back to that hotel. I know I am. Am I going to see that person again? I have no idea. Will they remember me? I don't know. But, it, you know, if I get that person and they're in a better mood and I'm not dealing with a brand new person who doesn't even know how to open the computer programs or something, mm -hmm. then I think that's better for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and so not to harp on it too much, but I kind of did more than I intended. Um, but I think that if we all kind of take that attitude, it will get us to a better place faster. And if we look at the big picture, you don't think that this is an idiot in front of me. This is a lazy millennial in front of me or whatever stereotype you want to feed into. If instead you think, you know what? 
a lot of people retired during the pandemic. That's actually what the Great Resignation was, in large part. And and so it was a generation of people getting ready to retire. We knew it was coming. They all chose that moment because it made a really good sense for them to do it at that moment. I don't blame them at all, and I don't think I should blame the young replacement trying to do the job of the, you know, boomer, if you want to call him that, that just took their well-earned retirement. Uh, And so they're in an opportunity. And so I want people to be successful uh, because it will save me money if we can keep costs down for the businesses we do business with Mm -hmm. uh, because they passed every cost on to you because where else can they increase that revenue generally? They have shareholders Uh, to answer to. And and then I don't have a contentious relationship. I'm not walking up to somebody uh, who's hopefully in, you know, a bad mood or whatever. And so I think this is how we as customers do our part to make it better. Yeah. And I mean... Rant over. (laughs) And that customer, he didn't get his food any faster. Yeah. So, I mean... It did no good but stress the person out and maybe delay things further. And yeah, he might have felt better about, you know, kind of speaking up for himself or whatever in the moment or, you know, looking good for his lady, whatever. But I mean, it didn't accomplish anything other than now this employee might think of, look at this customer as a jerk. Uh, I kind of looked at him as a jerk. <laughs> so it did, you know, it had a negative effect. And, and like, and I felt really bad for the guy because like, not the c- customer, but the employee, because as soon as he, you know, went to me, cause he was just basically, he had his shoulders up and he's completely expecting tense. me. And he was so tense. Cause he was just like, and I swear, I think I, it, by the, the saw way, the stress in his eyes and the way he was looking and the way he was carrying himself. I think he, that customer was like the 13th customer in a row that I just chewed as a, chewed him a new one. Um, and so I was kind of like, Hey man, like take your time, do what you gotta do. And then come back to me when you have a free minute. And like immediately, like it's like had dropped and it, it just, it, it, like you looked like he was going to collapse out of gratitude. Yeah. And, and you, like you might get something extra by complaining, um, but you're just as likely to get something extra and a smile if you, if, if you try to be a little accommodating and understanding. Exactly. And like, and you know, in the amount of times too, like we'll get, you know, we're getting seated at a restaurant or something and the, the hostess, just the other day. and the hostess, you know, takes us to our table or host or hostess takes us to our, our table yeah. and they're like, Hey, you know, how's your day going? Cause they have to ask that. And we're like, Oh, it's pretty good. How's your day? And like, we ask it genuinely and they're like, it happened in Red Lobster just the other oh day. God. It happens to her all the time. Not so much yeah. to me for whatever reason. But uh, I was being seated. I was by myself getting the table before um, the rest of the group had arrived. And they were like, oh, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. I'm kind of hungry. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since I've had Red Lobster or whatever. And I was like, and how, how are you? How's your shift going? How are you doing? And they just stopped walking to the table. And they turned around. And they're like... That is so nice of you to ask. Wow. Like, I'm actually doing a little bit better now. Like, uh, I'm actually having a kind of okay day now that you make me think about it. But, like, wow, thank you for asking. It was this, it was, I mean, it, it was almost awkward. Um, yeah. But the, the, the gratitude, but also just seeing, like, the stress these people are under. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and the thing is, is that, yeah, new job, maybe a younger employee, like, they don't have the experience or the coping mechanisms uh, or the or the confidence of past success to kind of fall back on for their own confidence. Because, like, yeah, if somebody if somebody yells at me and tears me apart, whether I made a mistake genuinely or they just perceived it that way, you get a little self-doubt mm-hmm. and you start to question yourself. And, like, when I see these employees getting berated, I'm thinking, you know, somewhere in the back of their mind, and maybe not now, maybe later, they're going to be like, I don't need this. And they're doing math in the back of their head. Do I... Can I quit this job? Yeah. You know. Again, um, it's a good cost-benefit analysis of like, you know, yeah, is it worth it even? Yeah. And, and bringing it back to traveling too, like, you know, we're, you know, a lot of people, um, not a lot, there are some people in our group that are, have been complaining about, you know, quality, service levels lately with, with the staff on cruising, for instance. Um, and we want to go and, check it out to make sure that what they're saying is legit. See, there's some accuracy in recording. I wonder. <laughs> but, you know, and, and again, I got to wonder, like, 
you know, a lot of the staff are new. Um, they haven't been in the industry, um, you know, and I mean, there's always a, a fair bit of turnover, but there is like a solid chunk of the staff that are on sh- ships have been around for quite some time. Um, and, and so, and now it's less so the, so the case because there's a bunch of people that just couldn't come back or didn't come back. Um, and, and so there's a lot of new people. There's a lot more turnover and there's some shorts, they're short staffed. So there's a whole lot of reasons why these, uh, these staff members are stressed to the max. Um, and also they're working impossible hours. Um, uh, that, possibly more than one job. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like we, it's, you know, they work some, you know, some reports of like 14 hours a day sometimes. It's, I don't know how true that is, but these are like hospitals. Well, I'm talking specifically of cruises. Um, yeah, I know, but I'm also just thinking about those. Well, yeah. I'm also thinking about those people who were so critical and who we clapped at seven o'clock for and who a lot of them are getting mistreated too. Yeah. Uh, even so, like entry level or, you know, from a foreign country or a professional, like from top surgeon mm-hmm. to the guy taking your order at Arby's, a lot of them are facing similar abuse. It, well, exactly. It's horrific. But to it's think like, about. but if you're complaining about, oh, this, you know, the, the service level is so bad, you know, yada 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 like take some time to think about are you contributing to that by being a jerk and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be kumbaya i want the world a better yeah, place be selfish and strategic and being nice i think is the strategic tactical move we, to make we, every time i i'm not infrequently manipulatively nice <laughs> i like it's like when i call amazon because things kind of went sideways with the delivery i You're am, like, i love your nails is this included in the endless shrimp <laughs> i but i'm like you know saccharine sweet sometimes when i'm talking to these to the the people on the phone with amazon you feel like you got to counterbalance what the, the bad guys are doing well, that, but, <laughs> or the upset but, people but it's really say. because but you know there's a means to an end i want my want. issue resolved and if I'm gonna Go a solution. I, going full bore is not gonna resolve the problem for them for me. Um, but if I'm nice to them, it's gonna resolve the issue. And like you know, with Amazon the other day, there was this whole like just oh my god, and it just <laughs> it went completely sideways. And so you know the you know the person picked up the phone. I tried chat a whole bunch. Of, I'm not even the end. Person picked up the phone. I'm like, Long hey, <laughs> here's all the ways things went. I've had just service failure after service failure after service failure. Not your fault, but you're the one that picked up the phone, and I would like to know how we're going to resolve this, because this is an issue, this is kind of, it's actually, like, literally starting to affect my health, like, we need to solve this problem. Um, and so she came up with a couple of solutions, she's like, we can do this, we can do that, or we can do this, which one works best for you? Great, we worked collaboratively, and I was nice the entire time, and at the end of it, and I said, I'm like, I really appreciate you working with me on this, and she's like, I would like to say I really appreciate you for, you know, being kind, because... I, un, like, you had an understandably very, very stressful, frustrating situation. Um, I've had a lot of customers today yell at me, and you are the first person in a week that has, like a that has been, <laughs> who's had a similarly frustrating situation who hasn't yelled at me. And you were the first person all week that's been in, uh, in this situation who's been nice to me. And thank you. That was so refreshing and was so nice and it was so much easier to work towards a resolution with you than it was for these other customers. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. As you're saying that, I'm reminded I said almost the exact same thing in our Facebook group the other day mm. when there was a controversial issue that I was trying to manage 
to get information to people that it would be useful to and right. harm no one. And somebody was just like, oh, you're taking a very reasoned approach and you're trying to look after everyone here and we just want to thank you for that. And I said something like that. I was like, you're the first person to even mention anything like that. Thank you. Like, and that was, it was amazingly good to hear. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, like I felt my temperature drop. Yeah. Uh, it, just reading that on a screen. And so it's interesting. And like, I've been watching some uh, videos on YouTube of people who are appearing in like arraignment hearings and court hearings remotely through Zoom over the mm-hmm. course of the pandemic. And there's somebody who's like, Ups, I, I, more than a few somebody's who was upset at something that, that you know the judge declined or uh, determined the fine to be X yeah. or whatever, and they're in their own home coming calling in by Zoom, and they flip a table in their own home. Yeah. So now you've upset the judge. The fine probably went up. You might have got a contempt of court charge, and also you just messed up your house. Yeah, and like this, and and that's a very visible way of seeing like that's crazy. And but I'm I'm thinking like day to day, I'm seeing people kind of do that. Like if you've got your waiter, uh, and you rip your waiter to shreds, your waiter's your advocate. Uh, so now your advocate has been ripped to shreds. Does that strengthen your position? It doesn't. And so I think this is actually my my message here. This is my metaphor. Don't flip tables in your own house. <laughs> because that's what so many people are doing when, when and they think they're bettering their position, but they're just flipping a table in their own house, making a mess. Effectively, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, about this trip, we're having a great trip. I tried uh, Jersey Mike's subs for the second time ever. I tried it uh, at PaizoCon I went to uh, with John. Um, and so if you're on a road trip and you're looking for a, a pretty healthy, pretty tasty, reasonably priced option, uh, I think that's good. Like it's all, it's probably healthier than going to, you know, the Arby's or the Taco Bell or the, which we're probably both going to eat. Uh, we're going to eat both of those on this trip too. Cause we like it all. It's a, it's a pretty healthy option. Uh, it's pretty quick. It's, and, um, that actually, that's one thing I've noticed that was a counterpoint to what we, what I've seen when we were there, the, they were, staff were so happy. Oh my God. They're so nice. Like, and it, it's funny, this guy's cutting the meat, right? Cause that's the, the cool thing about Jersey Mike's is they cut it fresh. Like that's even better than Subway. And I'm a big fan of Subway. Uh, and so they're cutting the meat fresh and the guy's just smiling and making jokes and talking about like how his day's going and everything. And meat is literally flying. Like this might not be totally healthy, whatever, like from a food safe standpoint, but like tiny little bits of meat are going over the, the sneeze guard mm-hmm. um, because he's just going at it with such enthusiasm and gusto. Best day I'm, ever he's I'm having. standing there having ham spray on my t-shirt <laughs> and the energy is so positive and so infectious. I'm standing there, you know, under my mask with a giant smile. Maybe he saw the wrinkles <laughs> of my corner of my eyes but I'm like this is amazing I'm in the splash zone of my sandwich I mean I'm going to put this stuff in my mouth so if it's on you know like I'm not too concerned I'm not going to pick it off of me and eat it or whatever so like I'm not going to get sick or anything um, but it's like yeah he he, he, he... <laughs> He was so happy. He was kind of spewing uh, ham at me, <laughs> and 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 similarly when they're putting like the lettuce on, and it's a silly little thing, but they're just that like the culture. I mean, I don't know if it's that like the two locations I've been to because I've only tried them twice, but both times really happy, really welcoming. I I quickly identify I. I haven't been here before. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So they explain it to me and stuff. Uh, and so that was just fantastic. That was a nice little, like, bright moment in mm-hmm. the trip. This has been good generally anyways. But, like, uh, just to see somebody, like, enjoying their job, the, the, the reminder that a job doesn't have to be hell is, like, yeah. that was a great moment. Uh, yeah, we went to Red Lobster, had had the good stuff there. We went to Arby's, and we tried their sliders. Their sliders are dry and trash. We like Arby's. We like their monster sticks and their beef and cheddar. But, oh, my God, don't touch the sliders. The sliders my roasted turkey one wasn't so bad. Either. It looked dry as hell, but, hey, if you enjoyed it. I was it. expecting it to be, because roast turkey tends to be dry, in my opinion. Yeah, but you can put, like, um, mayo sauce or something. But like uh, I was expecting because the bun is, it's like a soft potato bun. Um, and so that made up for what could have been really, really turkey a dry turkey so i actually it wasn't dry as turkey so 
I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and then we went to Ivar today on, on, in Makotillo down one of the, by the pier. One of the fancier ones. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. Yeah. I, and um, But, I mean, the reason why we came down here... Is to see a screening of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, which we just came back to prior to recording this. And so it's nice seeing it on the big screen. One of the problems with movies these days is that uh, the sound mixing is done for certain situations. There's so many different setups you can have at home. Surround sound, Dolby, THX, whatever, mm. compliant, sound bar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in a theater, it's made for the theater. Now, this is a movie from 1982, so it wasn't really surround sound. It was definitely coming from the front. Yeah. But the sound was mixed for that. So you hear all the dialogue <laughs> and uh, it's, it's such a blessing because like, so when you, and that's a big reason to see movies in theaters, yep. even now, I mean, they got the safety features in place, so it's great. Um, and so, yeah, like Top Gun, if you haven't seen it, go see it in theaters. Maverick is amazing. But that's one of the things is if you find yourself struggling to hear dialogue, it's because it's been mixed for something other than your specific sound system at home. Uh, and so seeing things in theaters was great. Yeah, the only problem we saw, was... We saw Tenet, uh, but we saw it at home. And there was so many aspects of the movie that we, like, we have like, to watch we're it. We're going to watch it again. Yeah. It's, it, and, and people say it's a confusing movie. I didn't find it super confusing because I love time travel stories. Mm-hmm. It was confusing because the audio mixing wasn't great for our sound system. And so uh, we just didn't hear the dialogue clearly. And that's Particularly Branagh's dialogue. Like, pretty much everything Branagh said, I was like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, and if you can't hear the villain... I and, mean, like, imagine, and watching, imagine, imagine watching a Bond movie where every time the, the villain speaks, somebody hit mute on you. And, and it's not just the villain. <laughs> you love figuring that it's out. Branagh as the villain. I mean, and You want to see that. He's a great actor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was great. Unfortunately, the, there was a family immediately behind us that every five minutes there was something going on with the children. And it's not just the children misbehaving. Like, In the dad case. was, like, criticizing how they were drinking their beverages. Loudly <laughs> and for a Making a whole moment of out of it. And so it was, like, every five minutes there was something. Thankfully, I've seen the movie several times, so, like, I could still follow the plot. Yeah. And it was, it was the director's cut, so it had the extra scenes, which we appreciated. But it wasn't very full. Um, which, was, so... which was disappointing. I was really hoping it would be a packed theater, and it wasn't. And so, like... You I, know, I had mixed feelings, because I wanted it empty because it's a better experience for me but obviously less successful uh so yeah that was the purpose we came here for it's been a great trip so thank you so much for listening to the podcast remember to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and if your podcast platform lets you do a review if you could give us an honest review i mean five stars is great but be honest uh you know on itunes and things like that you're able to do that so we appreciate it you can share this podcast on if you have spotify you can share it to your instagram story i've i've learned that um but yeah uh, thank you so much for listening we appreciate it uh, and thank you for understanding it's been nine months since we've got one out but uh stay tuned we've got a lot of big stuff coming we're super excited more frequent podcasts more cruising maybe more road trips lots of other stuff exciting things in the future uh, and thank you for joining uh and sharing in the adventure bye-bye